0: Hello music teacher friends! Welcome to episode 11 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock and it is again my pleasure to count myself as your anytime piano teacher friend. Just a few quick notes before we dive in today. First of all, I have had several requests for my December performance challenge printable. Um, I assure you, it's nothing fancy, for sure. But if you're looking for an easy way to incentivize students' performances over winter break, I have linked a generic version of the form I use on Facebook and on Instagram. So you can find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast. And if you have any trouble locating that printable, please don't hesitate to send me a message on either platform, and I promise we'll get you straightened out. (laughs) I hope this helps you. And by the way, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would suggest you check out episode number nine, which is part one of my holiday reconsiderations episodes. Um, And there you will find more details on my December performance challenge. Moving right along, I thought I should offer a quick heads up that this will be my last podcast of 2020, but never fear, I will be back in January. Just make sure that you've hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts so you make sure that you don't miss my return. Okay, so today... I am offering a reminder that is both timeless and incredibly timely. (laughs) We're talking today about believing the best in those we encounter in our studio lives. And since I realized quickly that I needed to narrow my original focus on this topic for time's sake, (laughs) we are going to specifically talk about believing the best in our studio families (laughs) Okay, so I confess, I kind of cringe even saying believing the best out loud, because it sounds so cliche, so Pollyanna, and you know, like advice you'd get from your grandmother. (laughs) And besides, the vast majority of music teachers I know are already absolutely gifted with the ability to see the best in other people. So if I'm essentially just preaching to the choir, why even bother recording this episode, right? (laughs) Well, honestly, I can't help but feel like we're slipping a little bit in this department, my friends. The truth is, as wired as we may be to see the good in other people, reality really does pack a nasty punch to our optimism sometimes. And I say this now because always, but especially through this whole pandemic life we're living, patience and understanding appear to be commodities in very short supply. I don't know about you, but anywhere I go, I tend to see people being more short-tempered than ever. I hear my friends describing conflicts in their workplaces more now than I did before, and really, we are all just completely maxed out. <laughs> and as strange as it sounds, I do think there's something weirdly cathartic about reminding myself that we are all feeling a little bit off kilter right now. I happen to think that anyone who has been teaching for a certain duration of time will agree that it is quite easy to lose a grip. On those idealistic approaches that we tend to start our careers with. You know, perhaps we get drugged down from feeling like our value is constantly being questioned, or maybe you feel as though your time is not being respected. You know, argumentative students, challenging parents, really anything that you may perceive as a lack of commitment, well, it wears us all down. Am I right? It's rarely a single circumstance that leaves us feeling burned, but rather it's the result of slowly eroding optimism. One comment, one conflict, one student exit at a time. Boy, I am really uplifting today, aren't I? <laughs> well, hear me out. I believe one of the most important things we can do to ward off burnout in our profession is to limit the amount of negativity floating around our brains. We can probably all name a time when we thought someone was unhappy with us or someone was trying to be deceitful when in fact the reality turned out to be something entirely different. I can't say I did this intentionally but it has dawned on me in recent years that I've managed to build a studio currently full of symbiotic relationships Meaning, my studio families and I are all very equally aware that our relationship is good for all parties involved. We have relationships that are built on mutual respect. Honestly, you can ask me about any of my current studio families, and I will go on and on and on about how incredible they are. Not just my students, but their whole family. Um, and truly, I do think that I have managed to build a collective of my area's best families, <laughs> and I know I've grown a successful business where I can indeed be choosy about who I bring on. But for the amount of enthusiasm that I feel towards each family in my studio, logic stands to reason that I've also probably cultivated a particularly positive mindset towards each of them. (laughs) Because seriously, once I sign a family onto my studio roster, I feel in a way like I just become an instant fan of their family. (laughs) And as we music teachers know, mindset is everything. In trying to decide how exactly I have cultivated this mindset, I did take note of a few things. I feel like I look purposely for ways that parents are actively encouraging music making at home. I like to take note of how hard they are working to juggle all the things that they think are best for their children. I constantly reinforce the efforts that my adult students are taking to continue keeping lessons part of their lives and in general, I just trust that families are making the best possible decisions based on what they know. And if I ever need to suggest a contrasting opinion to that, I am sure to approach that conversation with assurance that I know that they know their child better than anyone, because of course they do. I remind myself frequently of the challenges involved in 21st century parenting. Seriously, it's so hard. (laughs) And I remind myself how easy it would be for families just to stop bothering with music lessons altogether. You know, in other words, I basically just believe the best in those that I work with. And here's the really interesting part. When I interact with my families under the assumption that they are supportive and encouraging and fully invested, they pretty much always prove to be just that. (laughs) It's turning out to be the very best kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. So that feels pretty unbelievable, right? I mean, it's so... So cliche. Just believe the best and all the drama will fade away, right? (laughs) Well, maybe not quite. But let's talk about why conflicts happen, shall we? I will put this as plainly as I know how. There are three things on this planet that families hold most dear to them. Can you guess what they are? I'll give you a second. So here's the question again. What three things not counting any kind of faith tradition, but what three things do families consider most valuable to them today? It seems pretty clear to me that families tend to care about three things more than everything else. One being their children, two being their time, and three being their money. (laughs) Does that sound right? Truly, if there's anything humans guard to the best of their abilities, in today's society, I really feel quite strongly that it is their children, their time, and their money. And get this, this is really the kicker. (laughs) As independent music teachers, our success depends on families handing us over all three of those things. You know, we ask families, obviously, to trust us with their children, to give us their time, not just the lesson time, but also that whole practice thing at home. And of course, we are asking for their money. (laughs) And because we are asking for those things which are held most precious to them, you know, that's why the stakes of our studio relationships can sometimes escalate quickly on their end. I say that not because I think it's anything revolutionary, but because I would be willing to bet that it's been a minute since many of us thought of studio commitments in those terms. And so as we talk today about believing the best in our studio families, it's important to recognize the fact that sometimes we take things personally that actually have nothing to do with us and everything to do with a family's commitment to those three things, children, time, and money. Funnily enough, on the flip side... From the teacher perspective, it's pretty safe to say when we are building policies and setting boundaries in our studios, all very important tasks, I might add, (laughs) it's very likely that we are considering those same three criteria above everything else, right? Children or family, time and money. I would venture to guess that any negative emotions you experience in your teaching probably have to do with a threat to one of those things. Likewise, any conflicts you've experienced with studio family members has probably involved one or more of those agenda items. (laughs) I say this because finding common ground is often the most effective thing we can do to ward off conflict and any kind of annoyance or whatever negative type of vibe you find yourself feeling. And of course, I feel like it just has to be said that here in the year 2020, we find ourselves with probably more common ground than ever before. And that is because there is no one among us who feels like they are particularly winning right now, is there? <laughs> Any of you out there feel like you are just on top of your game right now? <laughs> I feel like we are all worn out from constant questioning. And no matter how you are handling that virus that shall not be named on this podcast, um, you probably feel as though you have been judged for your choices. <laughs> Whether you are very conservative or not so much, I think judgment is just all around us, and that's exhausting. So, just as you felt the pains of ever changing life and work scenarios in 2020, If nothing else, I think it's very safe to say that each family in your studio has felt rocked by those same changes and same emotional roller coasters. True as that may be, our human nature makes us overwhelmingly terrible at seeing the world through the eyes of others. And even though some of us are naturally better at that than others, it's something we all need to be intentional about. So consider this your reminder. If you find yourself being frustrated, annoyed, or whatever with a family, just take a breath and consider how the scenario appears to them. Remember, any concern dealing with money really has very little or nothing to do with how they value you, but instead it has everything to do with their family's philosophy and relationship with money it is not personal. Their schedule conflicts are not always a reflection of how they value their lessons, but it has to do with their unique family logistics that you probably know very little about. Not personal. (laughs) Questions over their child's progress are not an automatic direct accusation on your teaching, but just part of the parenting puzzle that all families are working to solve. Parenting is complicated. <laughs> so again, don't make that personal. Lists like that can go on and on and on and on, my friends. <laughs> so as you mull about those thoughts, I thought we'd go ahead and bring episode 11 to a wrap. And I would love you to humor me and let me offer you once again a final toast of 2020 to you, my teacher friends. Music teacher friends of the world, today I hope I have encouraged you to consider how often you find yourself believing the best in your studio families. Maybe you are already acing this lesson And in that case, consider this a virtual high five. (laughs) You are doing great work. (laughs) However, maybe you are struggling with a certain family or two. Maybe you are feeling disrespected, unappreciated. Maybe you feel like your authority is being questioned or you have boundaries that are being crossed. But whatever the matter... I do hope this reminder will help you view the situation in a different light. Hear me, there are absolutely situations that warrant addressing. You, my teacher friend, are not a doormat. You are an inspired, dedicated educator. That said, I hope before you take action, you do consider the situation from all possible angles before deciding you are indeed being treated unfairly. If you don't already do so, just try this little mind trick and treat every studio family as though they are the very best. (laughs) Look for everything you can praise and do it. You might be surprised how even lesser involved families respond and begin to step it up little by little. Those three areas of life I mentioned, our children, our time, and our money, those deserve our protection and our attention. They deserve it in our own lives and our students' families' lives deserve it as well. Truly, we are all in this together. In the end, Families who don't care about their musical training for their children aren't going to keep them in lessons. It's that simple. (laughs) If they are there in your studio, there is always something to celebrate. Believe the best, my dear teacher friends. Hear, hear. I hope that this has been a helpful reminder to you today. I think because we are so passionate about what we do, it's often tempting for us to take offense at things that are never meant to offend. I see teachers do it all the time. <laughs> you know, my mom is not one to sugarcoat anything for me. <laughs> She's wise and direct, and she has set me straight many times in life. If she ever catches wind that I am kind of moping or questioning if a studio family is happy with me, she will simply tell me, Are they still paying you? Then they're happy with you. It's as simple as that. (laughs) And let it be so. (laughs) So that's a wrap on 2020 here at the Beyond Measure podcast. At the risk of being even more cliche than I've already been today, I just wanted to tell you how much this budding community here has meant to me this year. The fact that so many of you have come alongside to cheerlead me through this endeavor has truly been one of the greatest highlights of this strange, wild, yet still incredible year of 2020. So thank you so much. I promise to come back in January with really thought-provoking topics. Uh, We're going to kick off the month of January with a series devoted to just some really simple things you can do to give life to your studio. So stay tuned for that. And with that, I am going to wish you a great day and let you know that I will see you next year. (laughs) Thanks so much, teacher friends. We'll talk soon.